Welcome to the First Name Basis Podcast, where we chat with special guests, industry leaders, and tribal skill employees to have an authentic but informal conversation on a variety of different relevant tech and innovation topics. I'm Sheetal Jaitley, founder and CEO of Tribal Skill, and I'm back with Jody Kovitz, Chief Growth Officer of Vetster. You can check out our previous episode where we spoke, spoke with Jody about her history and her identity. Today, we're going to continue the conversation. Getting into Vester. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Vester. I can't. Yeah, that's right. It's okay. It's all good. Vester. It's like, here is, so I used to have a dog. I don't have a dog anymore. I'm sorry. Um, but you no, know, I had a great years with them growing up, but like, it's something here again. Here's a blind eye. If I don't have diverse thought around the table where I was like, really, this should be a perk that we should offer here at Tribal Skill. Really? Is this something we need to do? Um, and of course my, you know, empathy lens on that kind of like went away, but like, talk to me a little bit about what you're doing now. And I, I honestly, the feedback I get from our staff, and this is not an infomercial, as most, most of our listeners know, but the feedback I get from our staff from using Vetster is just unreal. Um, it's one of those perks they are super happy with and love. But talk to me a little, little bit about what you're doing, what inspired it, how did you guys come together and tackle this industry? I didn't even think it was broken. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. I'm delighted to talk about Vetster. Uh, so you know, first of all, Betster is the North America's and frankly, globally, um, uh, fastest growing virtual telemedicine platform for pets. So it's basically enabling veterinarians to see your pets at home through our through our app. So imagine like Ubering a vet, for example, and being able to access, which is, you know, um, Mark, our, our founder and Regan, our co-founder started Betster before the pandemic, but certainly the adoption rate soared through the pandemic and the need for veterinarian services went up dramatically, as did, the, you know, we, we developed a, a real challenge being able to access veterinary services. And that, there's a challenge in the industry that I wasn't even aware of that, um, that um, you know, there are not as many veterinarians as there are animals. So people can wait sometimes weeks and months in certain countries and, and cities and states to even be able to access a vet. So at the highest level, that is what Vetster is, and we are a marketplace. So you can access veterinarians through the app uh, and based on ratings and reviews, select your own vet. When I joined, I, of course, was thinking about the talent war, which is what, you know, what is top of mind for me um, as I, you know, bring my my former move the dial work uh, lens to the table. And I thought, hey, why don't we create uh, an employee perk that really is... um, aimed at enabling employers like Tribal Scale to offer really progressive optional perks. And this has become, outside of just what Vetster does, but the need to provide optional perks and benefits that really meet the needs of folks and their varying intersections of identity. So many people identify as pet parents, over 70% of people in North America have pets now, right? Many more people have pets than have kids. We just did this incredibly um, powerful recent survey that showed Specifically, even younger folks um, have pets where they don't have kids, and pets are their kids. They're identified, right, right. you know, that way. So, what we wanted to do is enable employers to to really uh, show their their pet parent employees that they care about them, that their value, their furry friends are a part of the family, and provide access to medical care for those pet parents uh, through work. So we that's what Vetster for Work does. We have some amazing companies like yours that have been really wanting to 
show that to their employees. And, and it's been really exciting. We just launched, uh, launched Vetster for work about four months ago. And, and already we have companies flooding in and joining and, and giving like you get getting incredible feedback to their, to their leadership teams that they feel valued. They feel it's progressive and, and increasingly pet friendly companies are factoring into the decision as to whether to join a company. We just did this, um, you know, incredible uh, research study that demonstrated that many people, in fact, will leave a job if the company isn't seen to be pet friendly. And in this hybrid and remote environment, one of the easiest ways to do that is to enable, you know, access to medical care as an optional benefit, because it's not like mm-hmm. if you don't have an office, you can say, bring your pet to the office, right? Right. Well, you know, one of the things that I look at when I, when, when I, when, when I think of this, it's like, the amount of time, effort, energy it takes for someone when they have a sick pet, like you're not getting their best as, 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 as an employee. They're not as, as important as your company's mission is, you know, you they have someone, some, I'm going to say someone, they have a pet that they love that is yeah. going through something. If you could alleviate that and prevent that from happening and make that happen, you're just going to get much more output, right? And I think it was, and again, I'm saying this, I was blind to it. I was like, what is this thing? And now now when I'm hearing testimonials, I see it. I'm like, hey, it it makes so much sense for, for our staff. And now that we're in more of a remote environment we're not in the office what are the things you as an employer can do to show that you care um, and you really want your employees to have you know a meaningful experience I struggle with it I always love being in the office with all of our employees I, I love you know feeding off the energy of everybody there even just to like walk over to someone and just say hey how's your day going yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't set up a zoom call to do that anymore it's like just hey, how no, you doing it's different it's, it's different. different and you try to do it through like you know coffee buddies and stuff like that, that you try to do during the day, but it's not as easy as, Hey, you know, just walking up to someone and saying, Hey, how are you doing? But these are the little types of things that I think us employers could start doing to show your staff who cares to show that, Hey, we, we don't just talk it. It's just not a PowerPoint slide that you're looking at on zoom. Here's what we're actually doing to embrace the values of our organization for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, if there's the reality of like, we once thought that these kinds of perks were like nice to have, I think at this point, if we, if we go up 100,000 feet to win the talent war, putting together a really powerful employer brand prop is really important. And, and, and that has many different pieces. Obviously, providing pet, pet focused benefits is one of only one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but certainly, you know, um, what there's we're no, seeing. There's no silver bullet to win in the town. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's a million little things you need to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and I think, you know, the it, but but being really thoughtful and intentional about the little things and understanding that you have, you know, as, as I said to you earlier in the conversation, taking a highly intentional and intersectional approach to an equity strategy is no different than taking a highly inter- intentional and intersectional approach to your benefit strategy, because that's mm-hmm. what people are demanding these days, that their own individual needs are met in some way. So, so what's the product roadmap look like? You know, let's get into like some of the nitty gritty. Like, how do you guys think about this as a product team of like, all right, we started off with, you know, Uber, Ubering, Ubering event for your pet. Um, like, where, where does it go yeah. from here? Well, we're just really excited to, we just announced, and and for those of your folks who may not have seen it, we just announced our Series B. So we raised uh, 30 million US dollars and we have a strategic boom, boom. part. Yeah, it's good. Boom. High five. Boom, you boom, across boom, the boom, boom. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, we're growing really quickly. Um, and we, we, you know, are really, really excited 
that we have a very strong um, new strategic partnership with uh, pet meds. And so um, we're, we're going to be able to provide, you know, a really integrated experience with our new strategic partnership and uh, really just being able to be the destination for pet owners to have their needs met. That's really what it is that, that we envision, envision being able to provide. So whether that's, you know, holistic health consultations, whether that's, you know, helping folks with aging pets, whether that's, you know, being able to have your flea and tick meds for your pet delivered to your door, as well as any acute emergency, whether it's learning, you know, training and coaching and, you know, really learning how to be like an incredible, not just a, a decent pet parent, but an incredible pet parent. Um, and, you know, working with incredible strategic partnerships and in the partners in the industry, like our new newly announced pet partnership with pet meds, uh, you know, just watch, watch us go and grow because, you know, we are, it. we are, we are going to be able to solve, you know, I hope in time, every, everything that you need, uh, through our partnership ecosystem, as well as through our, our amazing, uh, veterinary service marketplace, all of your pet needs. Well, you, you hit a button with me there. Um, you started talking about medication and our, during the pandemic at our venture studio, we created a company called script runner, um, out of the need to get pharmacy delivery, um, done from, from pharmacies to, to old age homes and individuals. And, you know, it was, it was run like the wild west and we created a platform so that we're able to deliver medication from the pharmacist out, all being tracked to the right person. The reason we did that is because of regulation and, yeah. Yeah. you know, pharmacies were really struggling with regulation and, you know, just hiring drivers off the street, hoping they do the right thing is not really the regulatory way of doing it. <laughs> what type of regulation hits the pet medicine industry? Like how do, how do you, yeah. how, do, how do you deal with this? Like talk to me a little bit about how you guys and your partners are organizing around regulation. Cause now we're actually talking about medication that you can't just get over the counter. Yeah, so great question. I mean, the pet industry is regulated, um, highly regulated, and and the regulations differ state by state, province by province. I mean, most of our business is in the U.S., although we are born born and raised in Toronto. Uh, we are you know ninety percent of our business is in the U.S. Um, so and, it's a, and also, so, it's just a bigger it's just a bigger market. Like everything yeah, is. Of I'm living here in Miami now. Everything is a hundred times the scale of what things used to be in Toronto and really makes you think very different being here in the U S yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And, and, you know, similarly, we recently launched in the UK and we plan to be expanding to many more markets um, because this is a global problem, you know, pet care and enabling, you know, pharmacy needs to be met for those pet parents in a way that we expect is, 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 is really important. So I would say what's interesting is that the industry was a bit, uh, behind the human telemedicine industry, and it's catching up, and it's certainly becoming more progressive. And um, you know, those who those who do the regulations are, are sort of seeing the the value and the need for for uh, virtual care. So we we expect that it will continue to become even more progressive um, mm -hmm. to to enable you know pet parents to uh, receive their pet medication in the way that we're all used to with like how we go on Uber and order food, right? People are very used to being able to access now, access immediately, have things delivered to your house, Amazon style. So, um, you know, uh, we expect that it will only become more, more progressive and, and we're working within the regulatory framework. Awesome. Awesome. And do you know what I like about the regulatory framework and, and doing that, especially from the software side is 
you're able to solve those problems, you have de facto become the standard. Like it's, it's, it's a much better way than the other way that they're, that they're doing it. So I, I totally see technology and we see this everywhere, totally disrupting um, heavily regulated areas where, you know, it, you, you had a gray area kind of you played in and you just hoped you never got caught. Well, software can help eliminate a lot of that. I'm seeing a ton of companies come across our deal desk um, from our investment side that are just going after these heavily regulated, regulated industries saying, hey, it's the wild west out there. We're going to formalize it so it's actually done right and you can avoid all these fines and actually do things the right way. Um, so, Jody, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. <laughs> um, I want people to actually get to know you a little bit more. So I'm just going to rapid fire a couple of questions. Okay, ready. All right, top of the head. If you and your beautiful daughter were going to go anywhere on a plane today, where would it be? Oh my gosh, great question. Um, so she is really interested in going someplace where there's no cars. So we are in the midst of researching islands among, all over the world where you're not allowed to have vehicles. Uh, and she has prepared a whole Google slide deck, very Jody style, of all of the pros and cons of all of the 10 global destinations um, where we can go visit and have a vacation where there are no cars. So I will keep you posted as to which one we select. However, that is our current agenda. Is, uh, what would, does climate play a factor here? Well, we'd like to go somewhere warm. There's a couple of spots in Mexico that we're considering that are close. And, and uh, But uh, she also, I told her the next step is the budget. So the fact that she would like to go to like a tiny town near the Seychelles in Africa is a lovely dream to have for when she has her own startup. Yeah, well, not when she has her own startup, when she exits her own startup. When she exits, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's funny, everybody thinks founders make money. We're the most broke people you're ever going to meet. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like Litz and Glam. It's, uh, we sign up because we're crazy, I think. You know? um, all right. What is the last movie you watched? Oh, that's a great question. Um I'm trying to think. I, I am very fascinated by space. So I watched the Elon Musk um, SpaceX documentary that was on Netflix. I forget what it was called, but I really enjoyed it. Two thumbs up. It's like Cisco and Ebert over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I'm so fascinated that he actually was able to like, you know, all the debacle was going on with Twitter, but I was watching about space because I'm fascinated by it. All right. I want some FOMO since I haven't been back to Toronto in a while. What's your favorite restaurant these days? Oh, that's a great question as well. I'd like to get down to Ossington. I haven't actually been out to eat much recently, but I am going to get myself down to Ossington and there are just so many new ones. But Mandy's Salads just opened, came from Montreal. And I grew up with them uh, at a summer camp when I was young and I just love watching successful entrepreneurs. So I'll be heading to Ma Mandy's Salads shortly. There we go. For our listeners, head, head over to Mandy Salads. I love giving the small businesses like a little shout out here. Even though we got a global audience for everybody who travels to Toronto, they now know to go to Mandy Salads. <laughs> uh, Jody, um, I wanted to chat with you about your title. Yeah. And Chief Growth Officer. They Growth, I think, is something that every organization wants and really have no effing clue on how to go about it and how to go do it. So how does Jody Coles, the chief growth officer, <laughs> approach her job? Oh, gosh, that's a fantastic question. You know, I'll tell you this, uh, with a lot of humility. <laughs> that's the best way I can answer that question. 
you know, like uh, we're trying to hack growth just like everybody else. And, and, you know, I feel really proud of the entire team at Betster because it's certainly not, not up to me. It might be up to me to come up with some ideas and strategies and, and drive some execution, but it's really the team who's doing an incredible job. And, and I think, you know, it's really a, what I, what I've come to learn in my uh, almost year at this job, uh, you know, and I've, I've, I think I've done growth before, but perhaps with a different title sure. is that you got to just have some hypotheses and you have to be able to bet on those hypotheses and test different strategies in a controlled way and really be critical with yourself in terms of um, what you are gaining as feedback from the market and be willing to pivot. So we've pivoted, you know, a couple times when we had to change a pricing strategy or had to change a little bit of a communication strategy because we're listening and watching and, and willing to do that. I hope, I hope you know, everybody heard that. Like, don't be stuck in your ways. If something's not working, learn and change. Yeah. And, and to have humility about it. You know, I, I often will say to my team, I said it this morning in a meeting when I was presenting some ideas, like I'm not precious about my ideas. Like you can be people get really attached to their, to themselves. 100%. Right? You, you feel like, Oh my God, I'm a loser. If this fails, I mean, you're obviously yeah. going to do everything right to make it, make it work, but it's okay. If you fail, you learn. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not easy. Like it is hard, right. To hack growth at a, at a scale up that is venture back. There's a lot of, you know, growth expectation and, and, and we got to hit certain numbers to, to get where we're going and to, mm-hmm. to even meet the demand of what our customers need and how fast they need it. So um, I love it. It's fun. It's challenging. I'm, I'm humbled by it. I've learned a tremendous amount, like irrespective of having had a really wonderful, long, windy career, you know, building a B2B SaaS, you know, product really, you know, which is what our vet for work offering is, is very different than what I've ever built before. So I had to do a lot of learning and listening. I have great mentors and coaches and, you know, a great team. And, and we're just really working together. And, and, you know, we're in this moment where we found product market fit for our B2B product and for our B2C product. And it's really exciting now to, to be able to test and learn different distribution channels and different ways to grow it and different ways to partner with organizations like yours, where we don't just get the, the product in the door, but where it really adds amazing delight value for our clients so that we can grow the relationships and we can retain the clients. Like, you know, for me, that's what keeps me up at night. How do we amaze and delight you as our B2B customer? How do we amaze and delight our, you know, B2C customers um, so that we are really driving like, you know, engaged repeat users of our business. And it's a really wonderful problem to have. And it's a wonderful, you know, uh, problem to solve. And and I couldn't be more, you know, excited for what's to come for Vetster and more grateful for the opportunity to be in this role. What are what are some big mistakes you think people make when they get into a growth position? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. That's a hard question. You know, I don't think it's hard. Are we all F up? Where did you F up? Yeah, I, I would I wouldn't say that I'm aware of any direct F ups to date. <laughs> um, however, it's a tough role, it's, it's a tough question. <laughs> no, but I'll but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You know, I think I think there's just uh, a patience. We have to develop patience, and that is something I work at all the time to be able to watch and see the seeds that we plant come to fruition. So I would say that there's a there's a piece of work for me that is really around 
we've got these incredible, you know, we, we, we went to market with pilots. We had to see sort of the result of like how that the, the fruit that those plants were bearing and really be focused on metrics and understanding what does success look like. I also think, you know, one of the things that's been interesting, I mean, we've grown so fast, right? When I joined the company, there was like a few of us, right? And mm-hmm. now there's like over, I don't know, 50 in like a year, right? That's a like wow. really, really big, fast growth. And so one of the I've things- been, I've been I've, that, that gets scary too. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's a, it's a whole bunch of other challenges right there. You want at authentic and personal, like, you know, I'm a two-time CEO, so I've had to learn how to not be one, right? And that yeah. is a big piece of humility. And 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 I'm you know I happen to work with an incredible CEO who I really trust and a great C-suite team. Everybody with of whom I trust, right? I, our, our COO and our CTO and our chief product officer and our CEO. So learning to let go, learning to stay in my lane, learning to you know really just focus on growth like doggedly day and night, and really really growth at scale, right? And pushing myself always to think bigger and go after bigger fish and you know, all of that. So it's, it's not necessarily that I, I, I'm sure I'll make lots of mistakes, but I'm so early in the tenure of this role. I think it's more about what I'm, what I'm really trying to be mindful of, what I'm trying to learn and the muscles that I'm building to make sure that we can be successful through the growth lens, but that I also like really have, you know, continue to, because I've had to learn this lesson a few times in my life, make sure that I don't bring any ego to this role. And that I'm really, really open to the fact that like I have a responsibility and it's very narrow and it's very focused and I'm focused on that only. And that's great. I love it. I'm, yeah, I don't complain about it. that for yeah. a moment, but it's been a great personal learning for me. You know, it's not to say I, I'll, I don't know that I'll never, you know, do my own thing again one day, but I am so happy at this company and so excited about this role. And feel so grateful, not only for the opportunity to learn these skills and grow this company and grow like fast and hard and, right. you know, with the, with, with, and really be a scale up, which is so exciting and so few people ever have the opportunity to do, right? It's a real mm-hmm. blessing mm-hmm. to be it's at this It's a huge stage. hurdle that you guys, you know, that this team yeah. has gotten, gotten past. But now, right, the next hurdle is, uh, is in front of us and, and it really calls for a tremendous uh, amount of focus, pace, hustle. Um, leadership, collaboration, effective, effective teamwork, um, and and a ton of humility. You know what's you, you know what really is crazy is the word you use the word patience, and it's here we are, we're a scale up, everything's go go go. We got a Series B venture backed, you know, and the VCs are saying go 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 faster, go faster, go faster. And the one thing that you came up with is like, wait a second, patience. Like, yeah. let's let's have some patience, which is yeah, and I think really, really tough to do and switch gears yeah. when you're when you're, when you're in a high powered startup. I think it's thank you. You know, I, I listen. I think for me, there's a real balance between like you know, um, up to the right results, which you do have to chase now, and I think it's really important to have some distribution channels as a like you asked about my role like if I'm mm-hmm. responsible for the b2b channels like some of them have to be get it and hit it now and hit it hard and hit it fast and some of them have to be planting seeds that if you grow them and you cultivate it'll be 10x yeah. and so having the discipline having the discipline to do both at mm-hmm. the same time and how do you weight them and how do you mm-hmm. compartmentalize and focus your efforts I mean that is 
you know, certainly when I was a CEO, the greatest skill I developed was how to compartmentalize and focus mm -hmm. on what was most important first and be able to like put everything else in a box and just do what had to be done. And I didn't know how to do that before I had been a CEO because you had to, right? You had to do investing and you had to raise around. You had to do that until it was done or you had to deal with, you know, when we were putting on these big events, like certain things had to be done and everything else in the business had to wait. So I have learned that skill of being able to jump back and forth between the now and the later. Um, yeah. And and I think that is that is something I didn't know before I started this job that if you only focus on the now, then you can't cultivate the 10x for later and one of your competitors will beat you. So you have to do it, but you can't only focus on the later because you need to focus on your current growth as well. So that's something I'm learning and playing with and, and think a lot about. Yeah, one of the things I'm really starting to learn is like, hey, you have problems that are in front of you and you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I think when you said compartmentalize, it's not one solution is the answer. You got to compartmentalize. So I'm messing it up. Compartmentalize, yeah. Compartmentalize each solution. A lot of couple couple of different solutions for your problem. I can give you, you know, if you if you want to upgrade your offering to your customer, that has to, you have to have an internal strategy to get everybody to buy in on what yeah, you're going to do. Yeah. You have an external yeah. strategy yeah. to make that happen. You know, you have to put these lenses on to to do to do that. Um, and so it's very interesting, you know, to. To hear others like start to think about problems in that way and i think you know we there's there's so many complex problems that are out there that startups are facing and we all are really struggling to figure out how to be how to do the right solution the one thing i want our listeners to know i think jody said it best there's not going to be one silver bullet to it you're going to have to put different strategies together some are going to be slow play 10x later some are going to be immediate because you need to fix the leaky bucket right now like what are you going to do to make that happen and so exactly right like to start to think about these things that way jody we're, i can't believe where the time went like we're coming up I to know. the top of the hour i could chat with you for hours and hours and hours and learn so much from you every time we're chatting but what's something that you would like our listeners to to take away from from the conversation we had today yeah, I mean, to me, just talking to you and and just the theme of, um, you know, a lot of what I've learned from you is just like, keep going, right? And have a resiliency because to be, to be in these companies, any of you that are listening, I'm sure you have these moments, like there are lots of hard moments in building a startup, turning the startup into a scale up, scaling that scale up into like a high growth company. You know, and then you're in my case, imploding and having to do it again. Yeah, and, that, and, <laughs> right. and, and the truth is, what I admire most about you is your resilience because you could have just folded and walked away and you didn't, you just were like, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to pivot and I'm going to start again. And I think it's a really important life lesson. I was talking to my daughter this morning, actually, before she went to school and about how we face hard things. And I told her the story. I'll finish our podcast with this story. When I was 17 years old, I was doing a, uh, I was on a canoe trip that I was staffing. So we had six campers and there were three staff and on the canoe trip, which was in Algonquin park in Ontario, we had a six kilometer portage, which is like, you know, for those of you in the US, it's like 5,300 meters. Okay. It's like a very long. And, and I had to carry the canoe on my neck. The, the, the US doesn't use meters either. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. True story. It's, it's miles, miles. It's like four miles. Okay? Sorry. We'll convert it 4.3 miles uh, to be precise. But in any event, um, and, you know, I, I spent the first half of the portage carrying that canoe and I was really miserable. I was like, I hate this and this is so hard and it's so heavy and it was heavy. The thing was like 80 heavy. pounds. 
Your hands are holding and mosquitoes are biting yeah, your face. Everything you biting me. My neck was all that. I had no water. I was pissed off. And I threw the canoe down Brutal. and I had a full on temper tantrum, like a full on. I hate this. My life sucks. And then I just sat there and I said to my daughter, like, you know, when you're having a hard moment, nobody's going to save you. Right. But what if I just sat there? Nobody was going to come. I would starve. Mm-hmm. I'd get eaten by a bear. I had to make a choice to shift my mindset into becoming resilient and strong and, and, and telling myself I could. And I threw the thing back on my back and I walked the rest of the way without stopping every step. I just, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And you know what I did. And so that to me is like what you emulate, what you have shown me and inspired me in doing hard things when you rebuild tribal scale. And now you have this amazing team and they love our product and you're my first customer again, right? It's like full circle as you were supporting me with Luke Vidal initially. And, and the truth is like, we can do hard things. So I think drawing that, you know, inspiration, and I didn't make up that line, we can do hard things. Um, I believe it was Brene Brown who said it. Um, but I'm really inspired by it. And, and I really believe that we always have a choice around whether we bring our positive mindset and our can-do attitude and that we cannot ever be successful without that attitude. So I admire you, Shadal. I'm grateful for you having you're too me kind, here. You're too kind. I'm and, so glad uh, you were able to come on. Love sharing the energy with you. That 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 what well, I don't even want to say anymore. That story was awesome. Um, I think all of us were probably listening to that story, thinking about, about points in our life where we felt the way you did. Um, so it was perfect. I think that's a great lesson there for everyone to listen to. And and heck, just keep moving on, keep moving forward. Yeah. Like you're gonna yeah. figure it step out. Step by step, step by step. You, you yes, you can. So thank you, fist bump. Have oh, a great thank day. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a great day. I, again, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music. I don't know, everything. Uh, just go out there and go listen to it. Jody, love you so much. Can't wait, wait to host you here in beautiful Miami. Come visit me soon. I can't wait. <laughs> I will do. I will do. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Have a great Thanks, day. everyone. Bye. Take okay, care. I'll talk Bye. to you soon.